Let's pray, and then we will get into the Word. Father, we thank you this morning so much for life. Uh, God, we sang, uh, we sang the song this morning, but it's so true, God. You give life, you give love, and you're a light in the darkness, God. And we believe today that you are light in the darkness, that there's none like you, there's never been any like you, and there will never be any like you, God. And we believe and we trust that your love your love supersedes all of our sin, God. Lord, your love endured the cross. Your love, God, has endured for thousands and thousands of years, God. And you loved us so much that you gave your only Son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today, God, we just thank you. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for what you've done, God. Lord, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, Amen. I mean, if you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, John 3.16 is probably one of the most familiar passages in all of the Bible. It's, uh, in the New Testament, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. In the third chapter of John, he wrote this. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And if we believe that the Bible is true, and we do believe that the Bible is 100% true, it's the greatest news that has ever touched earth. The story and the reality that God in His goodness knew that we were all misfits, and knew that we were all imperfect, and knew that we would all struggle with sin and rebellion against Him. God, in His faithfulness and His goodness towards us, sent Jesus Christ to live a sinless life in our place and then die on the cross so that we, in turn, could have His life. So we could have grace, and we could have victory, and we could have life to the full. And this morning, I just for a few minutes want to share with you the love of God. I want to remind you this morning that the love of God is far-reaching. The love of God is far-reaching. It doesn't matter what county we come from, what background we come from, no matter where we've been or where we're going, the love of God is so powerful, so incredible, so merciful that it reaches us right where we are. So it doesn't matter how good our behavior is or how bad our behavior is. The love of God reaches us right where we are. And you say, teacher, are you sure about that? Well, Psalm 36 says, Your love, Lord, stretches to the heavens and your faithfulness stretches to the sky. One, Psalm 139 says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You know what the psalmist is saying? It doesn't matter if I'm living in success today or if I'm living in failure, if I'm walking through comfort or suffering, the presence of the Lord is never going to leave me. His love reaches us in every circumstance, in every situation. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Today, one of the most beautiful things about the love of God, and I think everything about the love of God is beautiful, but it, it's incredible that the love of God reaches into our hurts and our suffering. 
not just on our good days when we have it all together and we, we, we feel like we're, we're, you know, we've kind of checked all the boxes and we've done good this week or last week and we haven't done anything wrong in a while. Not only then does the love of God reach us, but when we feel like we are at the bottom, when we feel like we have nothing to offer God, when we feel like we're walking in the midst of suffering and heartache and hardship, and some of you are sitting here this morning and that's where you've been. A million questions running through your mind. Uh, is the power on? Is it off? What does the house look like? I, I've heard you ask the questions. I know you're anxious to know the answers. But one thing that you don't have to question this morning is the reality that God's love is for you. A million questions may be racing through your mind. Is our power on? Do we have water? Are, you know, is things safe or trees down? I, I can't give you those answers, but one answer I can give you is that there's a God who loves you and wants you and is for you and has gave His Son to die for you. And He's with you in your hurts. He's also with us in our habits. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Yeah. The Word, the word stands alone, doesn't it? Not only is He with us in our hurts, but He's with us in our habits. Some of us may have Habits that aren't very good, and maybe it's habits of running into toxic relationships or back to toxic relationships. Maybe it's drug or alcohol addiction. Maybe it's uh, other kinds of addictions that you may wrestle with. Maybe it's a habit of being angry or a habit of being impatient or a habit of being not kind or gracious. I want you to hear me because what we do oftentimes, we think, well, it maybe, maybe, yeah, that's true if I'm successful or, or even in my suffering, God's love reaches me. But TJ, you don't really know what I'm dealing with this morning. You don't really know the kind of habits that I deal with. You don't really know the kind of hurts that I have, the kind of hang-ups that I have. TJ, I don't know if the love of God will really reach me here. Well, the Bible says no temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. He will make a way of escape. He knew because of our sinfulness and our depravity that we would willingly put chains of sin on. That's why He came to be the chain breaker. Not only is His love far-reaching into your success or your suffering, your hurts, your habits, but also, I want you to hear this this morning. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast all your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I said this the other day um, in a conversation, but I want you to hear it this morning. It was an invitation in Scripture. See, in life, a lot of times it's awkward, or we feel uncomfortable sharing our baggage, don't we? Anybody feel uncomfortable sharing, airing out their dirty laundry? <laughs> right? Anybody uncomfortable sharing baggage? Right? It, I don't want a billboard with all my baggage on it, right? But the God of creation gave an invitation. He's not weirded out by your baggage this morning. He, he's not frustrated with your baggage this morning. He doesn't not want you because you have baggage this morning. He actually invites you in Scripture. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. It was an invitation. Jesus was saying, I want your baggage. I want it. Because He's the only one. He is the only one in this life that won't buckle under it. He's the only one that will endure. He's the only one 
that can heal every hurt, every habit. The only one that can carry every piece of baggage. Hear this scripture before we move on one more time. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But not only is the love of God far-reaching, the love of God is, is patient. And so many times we think that when we wrestle with our sin or when we struggle with sin, that the love of God is going to run out. You may have even heard that preached before. That if we sin enough or if we run enough from God, maybe His love will run out. Maybe He'll just get too frustrated with me and He'll no longer want to, to love me and show me grace and show me kindness and, and show me Himself. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe the love of God will one day run dry. I want to remind you this morning that the love of God is patient. He doesn't condemn us. Listen to this. Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God Almighty, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. His love is not only far-reaching to you this morning, but His love is absolutely patient this morning. And you say, TJ, man, I'm just trying to figure things out. I'm trying to, I don't, I don't know if I want to surrender my life to God or if I, if, I, you know, if I want to make this decision to follow Christ. And I realize that He gave Jesus on the cross to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I realize all these things, but I just don't know. I want you to hear me this morning. He is patient. His love, the greatness of God is slow to anger. And He loves you this morning. I do want to remind you of this one thing as we move on. The love of God also convicts us of sin. And it's evident, it's evidence that when we have the Holy Spirit, when God, by His grace and, and His love, He loves us and He changes our life, He, he puts His Spirit in us. Scripture actually says, it's um, one old theologian, old guy, he's been dead a long, long time, he said this, it was the great exchange said that our sinfulness was taken away. The moment that we ask Christ, to Jesus, to be our Savior and to be Lord, He takes our sin away. And He places in us the Holy Spirit, the righteousness of Christ. And because of that, the love of God exposes our sin. And it convicts us of our sin. In Revelation 3.19, He said, Those who I love, I reprove and I discipline. So be zealous and repent. So He said, said it oftentimes in my life, if my child was running towards the intersection and there was a, a, a Mack truck bearing down on the intersection, I would do everything I could to line back or tackle that child before it got to the intersection. Anybody else be on that boat? Anybody else, right? Yeah, we would, we'd take them out, right? And in the moment, they may think, why in the world are you tackling me? That hurt. They had no idea that we were actually sparing them from the encounter with death, right? Sometimes we feel that way. When the love of God convicts us of our sin, when He checks our heart and we realize that we're, we're wrong and he, we feel convicted and, and, and guilty over our sin, that's actually the love of God checking us before we run into the intersection and lose our life. He's gracious to do that for us. Sometimes we think, and I want you to hear this this morning, conviction from God is not a sign of His displeasure, but rather it's a sign of His love. I want you to hear that this morning. The love of God, when you're convicted of sin, when you feel bad over your sin, it's not a sign of God's displeasure for you. When, when, when a parent 
disciplines their child in a, in a healthy and good way, it's not a sign that that parent doesn't like their child or is displeased with who they are as a person. The reason that a good parent disciplines their child is because they desire them to be who they know they really can be. They discipline from a place of deep love because they, they want so much for their child. And I want you to hear this this morning. If we, being wicked parents, like the Bible says, can administer good grace like that, then how much more God being a good God, how much more loving, how much more gracious, and how much more does He want for you? So in those moments that we feel conviction, it's not that God wants to hold our, our sin over our head, and it's not condemnation. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to move on really quick. But He doesn't want to condemn you. He doesn't want to hold your sin over your head and condemn you and make you feel condemned and broken and lost. That's not the love of God. The love of God just wants to convict you. The love of God wants to, to rebuke your heart, let you feel the weight of your sin so that you can run to the cross and ask for forgiveness and be freed from it. It's a big difference. Scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned this morning if you have Christ in your heart. It's okay to be convicted. <laughs> it's okay to feel terrible when we sin. That's okay. It's healthy. It shows that we care about God and that God has His Spirit in us. But do not live in condemnation. Do not live in guilt or in shame. There's no shame at the cross. Scripture says He endured the shame. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the shame. He endured the shame. The last point that I want to make this morning before, uh, before we wrap up together... Um, as I was just thinking, so many of our, our guests and volunteers, we, there's been so much conversation about the storm, about Hurricane Matthew, and, and, and even if it's not a physical storm that you've wrestled with, maybe you're, you're some home folks this morning, and you come and you say, man, TJ, I haven't really been dealing with Hurricane Matthew, but I have this own, there's this own situation in my life that really does feel like I'm being torn apart. Like in the physical, our house is on its foundation and everything is good, but it really feels like one more light switch goes out and the whole thing's going to blow up. You may be sitting there this morning and say, TJ, I feel like I'm in the midst of a storm that's way, way, way too big for me. What in the world do I do? Hebrews 6.19 says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure, it enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, our forerunner, has entered on our behalf. We have this hope. We have a hope this morning that is an anchor for our soul. If we have Christ Jesus, then we have an unmovable anchor. If we know Him and are known by Him, if we have confessed our sin and asked Him to be our Savior, then we have trusted our lives to an anchor that can endure any and every storm. He is your anchor this morning. No matter what you're walking through, if you're dealing with a physical hurricane or a spiritual storm, emotional storm, a marital storm, a financial storm, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're going through this morning, know this for sure that Christ Jesus can be the anchor to your soul. If I could, I'd just love everybody to bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. It's not typically how we do things, but I just want to give an invitation. If you come this morning and you say, TJ, I, Christ is not the anchor of my soul. Bro, I'm just lost. I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need a great Savior. TJ, I need to be saved. 
But no one looking around, no heads up. I just want you to lift your hand in the air and say, that's me, man. I need to be saved. Thank you for your boldness. You can put your hand down. For the four or five of you that raised your hand, I want you to hear me. With everybody else's eyes closed and heads bowed, I want you to hear me. If you raised your hand, only if you raised your hand, I want you to just to look at me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to look at me. Only if you raise your hand. Listen, Jesus is not complicated. His love for you is so big. It's not some fancy prayer that you have to pray to be saved and, and to be linked with Christ forever. It's really, really simple. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lead you in a prayer and, and ask you to close your eyes again in just a minute but, and, and pray with me. But I want to lead you in a prayer. And you don't have to pray my words. I just want to kind of help guide you in a conversation that you would have with Jesus to ask Him to be your Lord. So if, if you raise your hand and, and, and have been looking at me, close your eyes with me and let's pray. And just pray something to this effect. Father, I'm a sinner. I know that I'm lost. I need you to be my Savior, to redeem me, to clean me, so that I know that I'm yours. Jesus, here's my life. I surrender it to you. Take residence in my heart. I'm yours now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, if you, for the four or five of you that raised your hands, you made eye contact with me after the service today, please, uh, please come up. I'd love to speak with you and, and, uh, and have more conversation about that. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray for the rest of us, and, uh, and, and you will be dismissed this morning. But uh, listen, I, I just want to say to you, uh, I, I so appreciate um, you being able to be with us the last few days. If you're one of our uh, guests this week, thank you. You have been, I, I'm serious, I want to say this, you've been so patient and so kind and so gracious. And, and we, we have, I've heard that we've been a blessing to you, but I just want to be honest with you. You all have been such a blessing to us. Um, you've been the blessing. So just on behalf of First Baptist, I just want to say I love you guys, and, and I've enjoyed the opportunity to serve you over the past few days. Let's pray one more time together, and you'll be dismissed. Father, you are so good. And Lord, I just I thank you for your grace, and I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for revealing yourself to us, God, Lord, that we don't have to carry our sin. We don't have to carry our shame. And God, we do not have to live adrift on the sea of the storm. God, we can be anchored in you. We can surrender to you. We can have hope that comes, a peace that comes, a joy that comes only from you in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Love you guys. You're dismissed this morning.